Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With us is Tim Lockman. He is the author of A Strange Whim of the Sea, The Wreck of the USS McCall. Tim, thanks for joining us here on Kentucky Focus. And how did you come across this, this interesting story of... Uh, kind of having to go really deep into to the naval records of World War II to find it. Well, my, my dad was the second in command. He was the executive officer on the Macaw. Um, when the ship sank, the captain died. My dad assumed command of a sunken ship. There's a lot of paperwork to be done when a ship sinks in the Navy. He handled that. He kept his files. My sister found his files after he died in 1998, and uh, I uh, was reading his files and became quite intrigued. I had already talked to him about the sinking in the macaw a number of times, uh, but uh, there was just a trove of information about the sinking and the people on the crew and a bunch of photographs in his files, and it was particularly those photographs that made me very curious to meet some of these guys and, and get the story. With this this story, it almost seems almost a kind of a mythical level, man versus the sea. Was, was, it, was it hard to, to keep it away from being that or, or humanizing it, or how did you approach that? Well, basically, it, it, it did come down to man versus the sea. Uh, it's a war story without combat. The Macaw never fired a shot in anger. Uh, and what destroyed the ship was the sea. Uh, of course, there are human, uh, human factors involved. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it basically does come down to man versus the sea. Um, I, I, you know, if, if it's mythical, I wouldn't cast it really quite in those terms, but uh, still it was sort of, the, the, the conflict in this story is in fact between mother nature and, and men as opposed to, you know, people fighting people. And as far as the submarine involved in this, trying to, to free the, uh, the USS Flyer, with the submarine getting free, was the submarine involved any further after that, or, or did the submarine move on and, and the McCall was left to its own devices? Uh, well, the submarine did move on, and it's a fascinating story. In fact, there have been several books written about the flyer, uh, two or three at least. The flyer uh, had been commissioned shortly before uh, it was constructed in, uh, I believe, in New London, Connecticut. The flyer was on its, what was supposed to be its first war patrol uh, when it ran aground at Midway. And that was on January 16th, 1944. The fact that it had gotten to Midway at all was, um, was rather fortunate. It was mistaken for a German submarine by, I think it was I mean, an armed merchant American armed merchant vessel as, as it was approaching the Panama Canal. 
they fired, I think, 13 shells at it. Fortunately, they missed. Uh, so the flyer survives to get to Midway and runs aground. There were very, uh, very rough sea conditions that day. Um, <clears throat> the flyer, well, then the macaw, uh, which happened to be at Midway at the time, my dad's ship was a submarine rescue vessel, was sent out to try to pull the flyer off the reef. The macaw ran aground too. They were able to get the flyer off six days later. They sent it back to uh, Mare Island in San Francisco Bay. They patched it up, put it back into service. It did one war patrol. Uh, after that, it was it, it was going. It went to Perth, Australia, or there's a, a port just off Perth, Australia. Um, and on its second war patrol. It hit a mine off the Philippines and sank very abruptly. Uh, <clears throat> there were initially 15 men who survived uh, the sinking. They were confronted with a choice. It was 10 o'clock at night. There was cloud cover. Uh, they couldn't see the moon, hardly anything to navigate by. They're all swimming. They're in the Pacific Ocean. They know the nearest island, which is three miles away, is occupied by the Japanese who have a, had a habit of cutting off the heads of their POWs. They didn't want to go there. So they swam uh, uh, to a, a, a another island. I think it was a total of five miles. Eight men survived that swim. And then they proceeded to island hop. They got to a bigger island in the Philippines. And ultimately, all eight made it back uh, to Australia. With ships like the macaw how many other stories are there not necessarily identical or, or similar but how many how many other stories do you think might be out there for auxiliary ships that were in the navy in world war ii every ship has its story and every man on every ship had his own story um and everybody who knew any of those sailors had their own stories uh, specifically, there weren't that many submarine rescue vessels in service. I think uh, in the war, there were a total of, I want to say, a dozen. It may have been more like 15. Um, two of those sank, or, or all but two of those survived the war. Uh, one uh, was in the Philippines when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, uh, on December 7th, 41, they attacked the Philippines the next day, I believe it was. And uh, there was a submarine rescue vessel in the Philippines that participated in the fighting there for, I think, several months and was sunk, I think, by a Japanese plane in about April or May of 42. Fortunately, all the crew of that ship were ashore at the time, so they, they, um, none of them died in that sinking. So that ship and the Macaw were the only submarine rescue vessels that did not survive the war, but every ship had a story in the war. Going back to the Macaw, you, you reference a couple of rescue attempts from the base in Midway that actually ended up claiming some more lives in the attempt to to try and save some of the survivors of the McCall. What, what did those rescue attempts consist of? 
there were, <clears throat> well, uh, there were, I think, 18 um, seaplanes that had been uh, bombing Wake Island for, I think, the better part of two months. They were uh, they were flying out of Midway that day to return to their main base at Hawaii. Um, it was ex extremely rough sea conditions that day. There were two rearming boats at Midway. Rearming boats are open boats. Uh, they kind of look like, um, oh, just a big, if you think in terms of a just a, a, a pleasure boat that you might use in water skiing and multiply that maybe by three. But they're big open boats. They're uh, mainly designed for ferrying uh, equipment, ammunition, and people to seaplanes. Um, <laughs> seaplanes generally take off and um, land on water about as calm as possible. So these Rearming boats are not designed for rough surf. There were two rearming boats uh, that had been taking men and supplies to those planes that morning. The, the morning, this is Sunday morning, February 13, 1944. So the macaw at this point has sunk basically. Uh, there are men in the water and a big rescue operation going on and <clears throat> these uh, two rearming boats are assigned to patrol in the entrance channel at Midway to look for survivors. They're both told not to go out beyond the channel and into the surf, and they both uh, ignore that order. Uh, they both try to get to the ship. Uh, in one case, uh, at least one sailor from the macaw did manage to board one of these boats, but both of those boats ended up capsizing and uh, each boat had a two-man crew. Three of those four men drowned. In, in the process of researching this, did you, and, and finding survivors or family members or survivors, how many of those did, did you end up sharing some piece of information with that they may not have known or uh, particularly in the case of a relative uh, a, a piece of information that that they hadn't known uh, prior to you putting this book together well i couldn't give you an exact count right offhand, but i can tell you that um uh one of the men on the ship um was married, I think, six times. And uh, I contacted or was contacted by one of his, um, let's see. Okay, I was contacted by the um, one of his son-in-laws and uh, his wife, who was uh, this man's daughter was curious as to whether I had encountered any half-siblings of hers by other marriages. Um, at that point, I had not, but subsequently, I was contacted by just such a half-sibling, and so I was able to put these two 
half-siblings together. They were sister half-sisters, and they neither of them knew of each other's existence before that. That is Tim Lockman. He is the author of A Strange Whim of the Sea, The Wreck of the USS McCaw. It is available uh, at this point for pre-order, uh, wherever you would buy books on the internet. Uh, when is it uh, hitting the shelves uh, for actual purchase? I'm told that it will be published on November 15th. All right. And you could pre-order it now or wait till November 15th. Sounds like a, a good Christmas gift opportunity there. Tim, thanks for joining us today on Kentucky Focus. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.